Welcome to the Fabric Podcast, where we're talking about stuff that works. These are concepts that many of us have found rich and helpful over the last several years, so much so that we wanted to compile them into a group of conversations to give us each easy access to these tools. Here's Greg Meyer. This week and for the next four weeks after this, we're going to be talking about stuff that works. This isn't just any stuff that works, but some stuff that we have discovered throughout the years that continues to endure. It keeps popping up, and it keeps proving that it's relevant and it's helpful to us. And we want to run through some of this stuff that works and uh, hopefully um, help it be even a little bit more useful to you than usual. Um, Today, the stuff that works, the thing that works is knots. All right, knots. And um, you all got, or you should be getting three pieces of rope. All right? Yeah, you should have all gotten those or are getting them right now. If you've been around uh, a bit, you are familiar with these. Talking about these three strands is very core to uh, how we understand life and how we look at life and uh, how we try to be community. So, um, so, yeah, this is something that we visit a lot. I, I would say we talk about the weaving of these every week. If we don't, I think we maybe miss something. It's very fundamental to who we are. So in case you are new, though, let me just really quickly review. Pull out one strand, right? I don't care which one. Pick one out, all right? That is you, all right? Not just the surface you, but the deepest, truest self within you. You will spend your entire life trying to get to know the essence of, of this strand in your life. Um, pull out one more. Pull out another one. This is the other strand. And not just the other people strand, but the other all things strands, whether it is uh, the land, the sea, the air, the stars, the insects, the animals, everything that has life and breath, um, it's the, all of that. Everything that you are in relationship with, all right? Uh, the third strand is the third strand. It's the God strand, so to speak. Uh, we stumble around a lot on that word God, and the reason is that those three letters, G-O-D, have a tendency to be misused, misunderstood, and inadequate to what we're really trying to wrap our heads and hearts and lives around when we talk about this thing that we call God. Uh, it's something that no word can fully convey, no religion can possibly fully contain. So um, that's those three strands. And life is a weaving of these strands, or at least it is meant to be the weaving of these three strands. And um, to use a language of our past couple weeks when we were talking about our place, life is meant to have these strands be part of one another, not apart from one another, right? So thus the weaving of them. Now, so here's what I want you to do. Take the three strands and match them up on one end and then take that and wrap it around and so that there's, so the three of them are knotted together like that. doesn't matter how pretty it is unless you're really obsessive compulsive. Ooh, mine came out nicely. Okay, so you have a knot, and these are all dangling there. This is you at birth, okay? You started life with a knot experience. So it was a knot experience for your whole family. We'll get into that in a little bit, okay? 
But you were so at birth, so tightly woven into the second and the third strands at the time. It was unintentional on your part. You were unconscious of it, but you were so deeply woven at that point in your life. And, uh, and it's, a, it's a good picture of it. So why do we weave these three strands? It's pretty simple. It's because life alone just isn't enough, right? You are not enough. Everything we know about human beings, we are engineered for community. Psychologically, sociologically, biologically, everything about us depends on being in community, not being isolated. Now, being with others is a good thing, and it's an important thing, but it also isn't quite enough because when we just add other people in our lives, what we're doing is we're just adding. And we need to do more than just add. We need to add whole new dimensions, um, something that just other people move us towards but aren't all it. So just being with others isn't enough. Well, you can drop others and you can just be with God, right? You can just be with the divinity. Doesn't even sound that good, does it? I mean, it's kind of like being the monk on the mountainside, meditating their whole life. Admirable, but truly missing something about what it means to be in relationship with God, right? When you don't have others. So real life happens when the three of these are woven together. All three, not just two of them, but all three. That's when life becomes life. Thus, we keep mentioning how the Bible talks about this. Okay, clearly, you know, talking about these three strands and weaving them isn't just a biblical metaphor all by itself, but the Bible just constantly keeps coming back to this idea from which we've kind of pulled this metaphor. And uh, one is that you hear us mention this a lot because it's so core to it, is that Jesus has asked, like, of all the things that we're supposed to know, what is the most important? And he kind of reach, he reaches back into the early years of the, Israel's life with God, and he reminds them this. Well, it's just basically this. You should love the Lord, that is Yahweh, I am who I am, the name of God in the Bible. You should love Yahweh with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And you should love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? So loving isn't just admiring, isn't just like, oh, you know, being in love. No, love is like deep weaving of our lives together, how we do that with our whole selves together. Um, and then you're probably also familiar with another reference of it that maybe you heard this at a wedding because it shows up there pretty often but uh, there's in the ancient wisdom books of Israel one of them is called Ecclesiastes and Hebrew that's Koheleth which is the preacher so I gotta like that one right um, and and has this rather mysterious passage it says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil for if they fall one will lift the other up but woe to one who is alone and falls and does not have another to help it. Again, if two lie together, they will keep warm. But how will one keep warm alone? And though one might prevail against another, two will withstand one. And then, without any explanation beforehand or afterward, there is this mysterious verse thrown at the end of it. And a threefold cord will not be quickly broken. So braid those three cords together now, all right? Braid those three strands together a bit. And uh, what is that? You grew up. People in your life, they showed you things, taught you things. They brought you into situations. You, you fell down and skinned your knee, and someone came and helped you. You had friends. You loved and were loved. You went to school and were surrounded by people and wisdom and knowledge. You... Uh, 
swam in lakes and got to know the fish, the birds, the insects. You got to know what water was like in the sandy beaches and stuff like that. That's the weaving of these three strands. Here in Fabric, one of the ways that we work really hard to make sure that um, our relationships are woven well with all three strands is what we use groups. And that's really what groups are all about. They're helping us be deliberate and in, um, intentional about how we have these three strands weaving in our lives. Anyway, um, so this is really important, but it's not what I want to be focusing on today. What I want to talk about is knotting, like the one you put at the top of your rope, all right? So these three strands, as you weave them, um, are becoming a rope. They're becoming one. And you go there a little bit, so you've got that woven a little bit. But now, just stop wherever you are and hold it by the end and shake it a little bit. And what happens? Oh, my weaving came out. In fact, even before, while I was just talking to you, it pretty much had all fallen out for me. So what's that about? I mean, that, that shaking, that jiggling rope, that's, that's my life, folks. That's when I am too busy. That is when my ego says to me, Greg, you can be independent. You, you should be able to do this stuff on your own. You can stand on your own two feet. It's, it's all those messages that we're getting from media constantly that are more interested in my pocketbook than in my wholeness. It's, it's everything that's calling out you from work or at school or whatever. I mean, there's just so many things. The, the, the demands on life, the influences on life that want to unravel the weaving in our life are so strong and they're so persistent that we need something really special to hold it together. And one of those special things is a knot. Is a knot. So um, I've got a couple inches of braiding going. I have to redo mine here again. That goes pretty fast. All this stuff that was going on in my life that was integrating me with other stuff, all right? And um, Sometimes, uh, like I'm making it all nice, like my life was all that smooth. Sometimes when we do this braiding, we, um, you know, we aren't with the others. We just kind of have the three running parallel with each other. Sometimes it's only with others. Sometimes we've got God in it or we don't have God in it. You know, it, it's, not, it's how it works, right? You know, we, we don't do it the real way all the time, but we get there. But anyway, as we go along, all of a sudden at some point in our life, something happens. Something happens. Some kind of experience happens, a crisis, a celebration, an accomplishment, an aha, a breakthrough, a turnaround. Who, who knows what it is? And that is a knot moment, okay? So now take your three strands at the bottom of all that weaving you did and um, twist it around, wrap it around, and put a knot there at the bottom of your weaving, okay? Now shake it around like you were before. What happens? Nothing. All that weaving you did is still there. It doesn't fall out, all right? Uh, this knot serves as a marker. It's a stake in the ground. It's, it's a resolve that isn't so easily forgotten or lost. It, it holds stuff together. You have this relationship in your life that is so important. You do not want it to fall apart. So what do you do with that person? You tie the knot, right? Isn't that the expression we use? We tie the knot with that person in order to be able to hold on to that. So what is a knot? And this is on your outlines, by the way. Yeah, three months of no outlines. Remember, we have those things. So if you want to use that, you're welcome to use it. If it's not something that helps you, don't worry about it. But what is a knot? A knot is an experience that holds together the weaving of your life. 
a knot is an experience that holds together the weaving of your life. Now, there are knots that are really big things, big experiences we have. There are marriages, there are graduations, there are new jobs, right, Della? There are baptisms, uh, little uh, Quinn Danielson, um, uh, Jennifer's and Noel's uh, daughter is going to be baptized in two weeks right here with us. There are, uh, you know, all sorts of things like that. There's running your first marathon or running your last marathon, or if you were like me, that would be the same thing. Um, but, but those kinds of accomplishments, right? We get through them. It could be something, um, you know, re like recovering from an injury or an illness. So then there are some knots that are more subtle. There are some knots that are just like that aha you had one day when all of a sudden you figured something out that you had never seen before and that has made all the difference for you. It could be uh, a turn in a relationship. It could be a discovery of a new experience that is really meaningful to you and you want to have continue to be part of your life. It might be learning to ride a bike. It might be learning to drive a car. Um, maybe it's buying a house or paying off a mortgage. Although those more maybe are more in the big category. Who knows? But then there are some not moments that don't really feel like celebrations at all. I mean, the ones you would never ask for, right? The death of someone you love. Uh, the onset of a disease. A divorce. A bankruptcy. A DUI. Losing a job. I mean, those things happen too. They aren't fun, but something doesn't have to be fun to be deeply meaningful and transformative to be able to engender life from it. So that knot that you put probably rather abstractly and um, just theoretically on the end of your weaving, what is that knot? Because I bet you know what it is. You have one in your life fairly recently that was maybe a big one, maybe a little one, but you, when you stop and think, yeah, that was a not moment, wasn't it? For me, pretty obviously, it was a tough summer for my wife's family. Her mom and her sister both died this summer. That all has made this a very, very different summer for us, and definitely a not moment that all of us will be trying to live with and understand for a long time to come. Um, there are a lot of others, but I just have to say, it was obvious to me that would be the knot right now. So, so what is yours? I, if you look on the back of your outline, you're going to see a box, and there's a knot running through it, and it, it says there, what are some of the knots in your life? Maybe looking back, maybe the ones that are currently happening or starting to form or you can see coming in the future, but take time and write them in that box, okay? It just, this is just for you, just for you to be doing. Now, Hold that knot that I hope you have decided this is what it is. How did the three strands show up in that knot for you? What did it mean to you? Who was all involved with it, and how were they involved in that experience with you? Or maybe you wish they were and they weren't. How did the third strand show up? in that. Now remember, it doesn't have to have been a big religious or even vaguely spiritual experience for God to be involved. I mean, every experience in our life has one foot in the eternal, whether we kind of recognize it or not. There, nothing doesn't have its foot in the eternal someplace. All right? So how is that there as well? Last thought, what would you hope 
will never be the same now that you're on this side of that knot. What changed? What's different? What will you take away and never be the same person again? Now, I've just talked to you through the first couple components of nodding. I want to run through them kind of quickly for you. And the first one is simply notice it, all right? Notice that there is a knot experience happening. Are your, are your eyes open to what is happening in your life? Or are you too busy, too tired, too distracted, too unreflective to notice? When these, when these reflection and inflection points are happening in our lives, it is just so easy to let them go flying by and disappear in the rearview mirror, and we don't even notice them. We certainly don't take advantage of them. We can let that happen, or we can use them. And like I said, you know, it doesn't matter how good or how bad that experience is, how much you wanted it to happen or how much you didn't want it to happen. As I said, there is nothing, no joy that is just so simple that it isn't worth learning from, and there is no pain that is so great that some life cannot be engendered from it. Take time and notice those, right? There are not moments happening in your life, some regrettable, some wonderful, and when you notice them, they can help you grow. All right, that's one. Another, name it. Don't just notice it, name it. Say it out loud. Not just, this is the last day of my old job, but I am now making a bold step to have my life better reflect what I want it to be about. I mean, that, that's a different, that's, that's the knot, all right? That's naming your knot. I didn't just have an insight. No, I realized that I have been suppressing my feelings about this relationship, about this experience for years, and I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to recognize it for what it is, and I'm going to address that, right? Or maybe, um, you know, I've been believing there's something wrong with me because I was different all along, and I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to embrace who I am, the good and the bad of it, and I'm going to use the people around me to help me be the best person that I can be, just the way I am. Now, does all this matter? Um, okay, so take that. Everybody, find one person close to you. You probably can do it if you're an obvious threesome, but two. But find one person close to you, and one of you, take that bottom knot out. And I hope you weren't messing around with yours as much as I was, because mine's really tight. <laughs> So one of you take that out, okay? And then, here, I'll, I'll borrow you since you two. And now, have someone hold that rope and pull it out with their hands. That was really easy, Kirk. <laughs> now, do you have yours? Do you still have your knot in it? Yes. All right. All right, now you try to pull it out. Can't do it. You can't do it. Why not? Because there's a knot in there. There's something to hold on to, all right? It's made permanent. It's made whole. It's, it's, it's different now. Um, so weaving is great, and that's what life is. But we need something to hold on to. We need to notice and name these transitions, these tipping points, these breakthroughs, these ahas. We need to make them stand out, okay? And that's one of the things that a knot does. It helps you remember to not have it just disappear on yourself. Okay, so there are two more parts of knots, but before I go on, I want to remind you about the little box in your outline. Are you, well, as these knots, different experiences pop into your mind, put them in there, right? It can be a project for you all week long, too. Something maybe to talk about in your groups. Okay, the third thing, you sort of notice, you name it, and then you got to mark it. Now, this is a piece that you love to do or that you absolutely hate to do, all right? And that is make a big deal out of your knot. 
Now, you aren't actually making a big deal out of your knot because your, deal, your knot is a big deal all on its own. You're just recognizing it for what it is, and you're doing something with it so that it can be meaningful for you. So it means stop, pause, gather the people who are close to you, the people that are relevant uh, to this experience in your life, and have a party. And don't just have a party, but pause in that party sometime and acknowledge what is really going on, right? Why you're doing this and what it means to you, and let other people reflect about it as well, okay? Um, maybe uh, come here on after some not inexperience and grab one of these. That, that's what this, uh, this weaving is here is, and all these strips are. Come and take one and, uh, and bring the people that are maybe your family, um, friends. Maybe it's something that happened with your, your fabric group. And uh, gather here together before or after, during our gathering, and, uh, and weave it in here. And, and acknowledge that and name that one. And you can come back later on and see uh, yeah, that, that one there. I could tell you the story of quite a few of those strips, and other people could tell you them as well. Uh, what else? I mean, there's all sorts of things. When you have that insight, don't just let it evaporate, but stop the group and clink your wine glasses together and uh, name that one out loud, all right? Uh, light a candle. When, when there are baptisms here at Fabric, one of the things is we give, you a ba- uh, we give you a candle to represent the light that this person brings to the world. So every day, not just, you know, don't just celebrate birthdays, but celebrate baptism days too. On the anniversary of that baptism, light that candle and sing happy baptism. I don't know. You can, you can improve on that. Uh, but do something. Make that special. Remember those things. All right, so notice, uh, name, mark, and then also remember. The fourth p- p- part of nodding is to remember. So look at your rope. You can see all of those, all that weaving, but you really can't see where one weaving, one bit of your braid starts and another one ends. It just all kind of melds into each other. So you might say, well, all those experiences are there, but I really can't tell them apart. But that knot, that knot, you can, you can notice. You can see it's there, and you recognize that, and you can say, that, this is the time that that knot represents when I finally got over my hang-up and I went and got, saw a therapist, and it changed everything. This is when I finally finished chemo um, after my, for my cancer treatments. This is, uh, what? This is when I first came to Fabric. Could be. Who knows, right? So why remember? It's because your stories matter. It wasn't just important back then to you. It's important today, and it's important tomorrow to you and to all of us. Because these stories, these not experiences, these aren't just about you folks. These are something that we all need. We need to learn from each other. We need to walk this stuff together. Um, One of the things that we talk about often is that your stories of growth, they may be personal, but they are not meant to be private. Your stories of growth are personal, but they are not meant to be a private. They are meant to be shared. Doing so will be so powerful for you and for others. I need to be inspired by your stories. I, I need to hear what's going on in your life so that I can recognize some of the things that are going on in my life and I can notice the name and mark and then begin to remember those things going forward. This is not a new idea. Um, there's a story in the Old Testament from the very, very beginning of the people of Israel that you very likely don't know. Uh, it's a story, it's, it's written in the book of, uh, of Joshua. It's in, your, um, in the Rome readings for this week. And uh, you probably know Moses was the one who led Israel out of slavery in Egypt to the promised land. And, but he didn't make it all the way. Um, 
his successor Joshua had to step in at the last moment to make the last you know, few steps into the promised land. Okay? So there they are camped on the Jordan River. The Jordan River being this body of water that's separating them from their promise, separating them from their future, and they've got to get across that. And uh, Joshua is talking with Yahweh, with God, and, um, and he, what he does is he says, okay, one member of every tribe of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, I want one of each of you to carry the Ark of the Covenant and walk into the river, and then the river is going to stop, and then we can all cross. And they do, and they do, and it does. Now, don't worry about, like, did that really happen that way? I mean, is that, that's not the point of the story. These stories don't work that way, right? There is so much going on in this story. It's trying to tell us so much that I could talk to you way longer than we have time for today, and I'm not going to do that today. So, um, so anyway, so, this is, so let's move on from there. What happens? This was a huge event for Israel. Forty years, and they finally are there. One last obstacle separating them from their future. All right? And what do they do? They take a representative, they, they, through the representation of those 12, they together walk into that obstacle with the covenant of Yahweh, the Ark of the Covenant, which is what? A symbol of their wovenness with God, right? And with that, they are able to cross over into their future. And uh, after that, they get to the other side. It seems like that should be enough, right? They got there. No, it's not enough. Joshua says, okay, you 12, one of each of the 12 tribes, I want you to go back to that spot where you were standing holding the ark, and I want you to get a stone, and I want you to bring it back over here, and I want you to pile them up. No, why? Well, let me read this. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of Yahweh's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. That was a not moment for Israel. They noted it, they named it, they marked it, and now even you and I remember it. So take your rope, hold it, look at it, this is a prayer, really, folks. What does this weaving mean to you? Feel the texture of that wovenness. Notice how if, you, if your strands weren't different colored, you wouldn't be able to tell which was which anymore because they become so intertwined, so integrated with each other, they become one. Maybe there is some weaving that you need to do in your life or that you are doing in your life right now. Maybe you're doing some knotting. Maybe there's some repair or even some unweaving you need to do to go back and to weave it the way you wanted it to be. Hold that knot. Remember it. Name it to yourself right now. And let it be a memorial to those who wrestle with God and life forever. May it be so. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for more connection in your life, 
Stay up to date with what's going on with Fabric and find resources to help you in your conversations and reflection at fabricmpls.com or searching Fabric MPLS on social media. Let us know if there are conversations you're longing to start or resources you're longing for to help you live a life more deeply woven.